Well, good morning, everyone. Hope you're doing well this morning. My name's Todd. For those of you I don't know, I'm the lead pastor here. I'm so glad that you have joined uh, with us here. Uh, For those of you who are here in the room and those of you who are joining us throughout the week via podcast, uh, we're glad that you have joined in as well. Uh, We are in week two of a brand new series for a brand new year, and we're calling it Game Plan. And I'm very excited about today's message. Um, When you walked in today, uh, you received notes, as Christine mentioned earlier, and I want to just reiterate that the bottom of that, just, uh, you know, fill that out if you're new or if you have prayer requests. Uh, Every Tuesday, we as a staff pray for those requests, and uh, so I want to encourage you to do that, and you drop it off at guest services after the service is over. On that is uh, our notes for today, and you can follow along, or if you'd rather, if you have a device, uh, you can follow along and join our free Wi-Fi and get on our website where you can follow along with the notes there that's located under the resource page of our website, and uh, so you can do either one of those. Well, um, I, I want to let you know this morning that um, as your pastor, today's message um, is one that uh, I, I really am, feel very strongly about, and I'm excited. It's been something that's been on my heart for a long time, and it fits in really well uh, with where we've been and where we're going in this particular message series. And uh, so today's message is, is going to be really driven from, from the heart. And I've learned over the years when a pastor says, I want to speak to you from the heart, it usually means that they weren't prepared. That's not the case this morning. Um, I I really do feel passionate about the subject that we're going to talk about today. And for many of you, it may be some of the first times that you've heard this, or it may be kind of foundational in your walk with God and your journey with God. Uh, For some of you, it's going to be just a reminder of of maybe some things that you need to do. Um, For for others, this is just going to be absolutely brand new. And then for others, it just may be a recommitment. Um, But I'm excited about today. I'm very excited about this series, and I'm excited about what God is doing in the midst of Hilton Head Island Community Church. And so before we dive in this morning, I just want to ask you to join me in a word of prayer. Would you pray with me this morning? God, we thank you so much for all that you're doing here at Hilton Head Island Community Church. And God, I thank you for what you're doing on Hilton Head Island. And God, we pray that your Holy Spirit would continue to move among the people here on Hilton Head. God, I pray that you would return those who were Christ followers and have long strayed away from you, that you would return them back to you. And God, I pray for those who don't yet know you as their personal Savior. I pray that you would reach them and that your Holy Spirit would just pull them away from their current condition. And that your Holy Spirit would lead them to you. And that they would become followers of you. And Father, today as we talk about developing a game plan for our spiritual lives, God, I pray that you would guide our discussion this morning. Father, I pray that you would be honored and glorified. And God, for all of us in here, no matter where we are in our spiritual journey, I pray that we would be able to glean something from your word and make quick application in our lives. So may you speak to us this morning, and may your Holy Spirit pierce our hearts and inspect our lives and find out where we need to change our thinking or change our attitude or change the way that we act. God, may we just be 
in awe, overcome with a sense of your presence this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, we're in week two of this series called Game Plan. And this whole idea of this series called Game Plan really began um, a long time ago in, in my heart because um, I'm not a real big New Year's resolution guy. Um, how many of you like to make New Year's resolutions? Just let's be honest this morning. Like New Year's resolutions? I like the new year. I like the new commitment. I get it. But by day 21, um, it's really kind of depressing sometimes, isn't it? I mean, let's just be honest. And so what I wanted to do this year as the beginning of the year was here and as we as a church kind of came around this idea of having a recommitment in certain areas of our lives, I wanted us not just to have goals, not just to have objectives that we meet or a, a, a type of person that we wanted to become throughout the year, but because when you just have those goals, when you just have resolutions, the chances of you actually achieving those resolutions are, are really slim. They really are. If all you have is words on a paper. But I believe that with God's help, as we talked about two weeks ago in our communion service, with God's help and with a game plan, I believe that we can achieve God's best for our lives. With his help and with a game plan, we can achieve God's best for our lives. And so we're taking four different areas that I think are important to the Christian life, and we're talking about those different areas and developing a game plan. And so last week we talked about health. That was a fun one, wasn't it? We talked about, no, somebody said no. I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> um, so I just got called out right there on stage. Okay, so anyway, um, you know, it is very difficult for us to get our minds around the fact that our health is a spiritual issue. It just is. And I told you last week, I like to eat and I like not to exercise. So it's very difficult for me, even as your pastor, to focus on the fact that God gave us our bodies and we need to glorify him with our bodies. And so we talked about that. This week we're going to talk about our spiritual journey. We'll get into that in just a few moments. Here over the next few weeks, we're going to be or, uh, next week we're going to talk about our financial lives. And so uh, we all can do a little bit better in our financial lives, but we got to have a game plan to do that. And so we'll talk about our financial lives. And then in the last week, we'll talk about our service to God and to others and how we can have a different way of thinking and have a game plan. But today we're going to dive into that spiritual aspect of our lives. Now, at Hilton Head Island Community Church, one of the things that I desire as your pastor is for us as a church to be able to provide for you environments and opportunities for you to plug into different things where you can encourage your own spiritual growth. And so today, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask you to take those notes. Maybe you're writing on a tablet or your iPhone or whatever, or you have those notes. I'm going to ask you to take a pen. And what's going to happen is throughout today's message, um, I'm going to tell you different things that you can apply in this area of our spiritual journey. Because we've got a lot of opportunities. We have, um, we have four, uh, 15 life groups that are happening here at Hilton Head Island Community Church right now. That's place for 150 adults. That's about half of our congregation. That's pretty good. It's better than where we've been in the past. It's not where we want to be, but we're heading in the right direction, and I'm really excited about that, and you're going to hear about some of those life groups this morning. 
And you're going to hear about what our students have to offer um, in terms of spiritual growth environments and opportunities. We have so much that God has given us the availability to do. And so I want us to make application. And so I want you to be able to write down some things that God may be leading you to do in terms of your spiritual growth. Now, I realize in a room with um, you know, maybe a couple hundred people that um, there are all kind of different levels of spiritual maturity. I get that. And so today there are probably some of you who have been Christ followers for a long time. And today what I'm going to describe and what I'm going to talk about your spiritual journey is something that you're already doing. Please hear me when I say this. Today is supposed to be a day of encouragement for you to continue the process of pursuing and having a game plan for your journey with God. For some of you, you may have once had some of the things that we've talked about or that we're going to talk about, and for you, you've just let it slip away. I've been there before. I know what that's like. And so my encouragement and my challenge to you today is to take some notes on how you can get back to that point where you're growing in your faith walk. And then for some of you today, you're here and maybe you're a skeptic. Maybe you know, somebody dragged you here today and you're really not sure you want to be here this morning um, and you have a lot of questions. My encouragement for you and my challenge for you is to keep an open mind and an open heart about what God might say to you today. So here's the funny thing about our walk with God. When it comes to our walk with God, no matter where you are on that spectrum, no matter whether you're a skeptic and you were dragged here this morning, whether you've been a Christ follower for a long time, or maybe you've just journeyed away from him, there are two things that can happen in your walk with God. You can either be heading towards and getting to know him better, and you can be advancing in your walk with God, or you're retreating in terms of of your walk with God. You see, when it comes to your journey with God, no matter where you are on that spectrum, there's very little from God's word that says you can be stagnant. You're either walking towards him or you're being pulled away from him. And so this morning's message is to challenge, to encourage, maybe to poke some things that you really haven't thought about for a long time and to encourage you to move on in your maturity level with Jesus Christ. Today's message can be applied to anyone who's in here in terms of your spiritual journey, and I pray that you would do that. Now, one thing that I want you to know today is, is that our tendency when we talk about our journey with God or walk with God or our spiritual faith walk or whatever term you want to give this whole idea of getting to know Jesus better and getting to understand him and getting closer to him one thing that always comes to mind is head knowledge, is head knowledge. And listen, I want you to hear this this morning. Knowledge of God's word is so important. Knowledge of God's word is so important. And I want to encourage you in your own walk with God, and that's what this is about today, to have a plan to, to study the Bible and get to know him through knowing the Bible better. But one thing I want you to know today is that a journey with Christ has very little to do with head knowledge. It has everything to do with your heart's condition. Are you with me this morning? It has very little to do with what you know, but it has very much to do, everything to do with the person that you are. I've heard it once said that the longest distance in the world is from your head to your heart. 
And so we may know all of this information. We may be able to study and learn and gain all this knowledge. But if we don't apply it to our lives, we have a heart condition. And so my prayer today is that we would change our hearts. Head knowledge is not the sum total of what I'm talking about today. It's a piece of it. It really is a piece of it. But it's not all of it. So this morning, let's dive in. Let's take a look at the notes as we discover a game plan for our journey with God, our walk with God. First of all, I want you to know this right out of the gates this morning, right from the beginning, that your walk with God involves abiding in Jesus. Your walk with God, my walk with God involves, involves abiding with Jesus. Jesus was talking about a spiritual development plan with his disciples in John 15. And I want to read these words. I want you to look on the screen and just take in what Jesus says here about our spiritual journey. He says this in John 15, verse 4. He says, abide in me. Abide in me and I in you. What he's saying there is, is that if we want to have a journey with God, if we want to become closer to Jesus Christ, if we want to know him more intimately and become more like him, that we have to abide. Now, when we think of abiding, it's not an action-type thought, is it? It doesn't involve doing something. And guess what? That's the whole point. Jesus wants us to rest, to house ourselves, to come in under his care and abide with him. And the action that's involved there is everything that we do to allow that abiding with him to happen. Abide in me and I in you. And then he gives a fantastic analogy. Take a look at it. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you, what's that word again? Abide in me. Abide in you and I in you. And as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Now, Jesus in that day and age was speaking to a group of people that would have understood uh, the vine and the branch analogy. Uh, they, they grew grapes. Wine was a big part of the culture of that day. We see Jesus turning water into wine. We see the fact that he uh, turned water into wine at a wedding. There's so much that they understood about vineyards. They also would have understood vines and branches as it relates to all kind of different agricultures. And they would have understood that a vine cannot bear fruit by itself. If you just stick, or a branch cannot bear fruit by itself, if you stick a branch into the ground unattended, it will do absolutely nothing. It'll do absolutely nothing. And you see, that's what we do when we try to have a spiritual journey without abiding in Jesus. Take a look at verse 5. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him he it is that bears much fruit. From apart from me, for apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. Nothing. 
You see, Jesus is saying several very profound things with a very simple illustration here. He's saying that if we want to grow, if we want to walk further in our relationship with him, that we have to be attached to him. We need to abide with him. We need to spend time with him. And so for some of you today, that's an encouragement to continue to abide in Jesus. For others, maybe it's a call or a challenge to get back to the place where you are abiding in Jesus. And I love this part. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. You see, he connects abiding with him to the result of abiding with him. We'll talk about that in a moment. And he says, you will bear much fruit. We'll talk about some of that fruit in a moment. But he says there at the end, apart from me, you can do nothing. You see, what Jesus is saying here is that if we desire to have a spiritual journey, if we desire to become a more godly person, if we desire to be a better person, if we try to do it, in and of our own strength, we will fail. You see, if we have a game plan for our lives, but we don't have that relationship with Jesus where we're tapping into his power, we will fail. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And so for you who are Christ followers in here today, for you who have been Christians for a long time, for you who may have accepted Jesus Christ many years or maybe many months ago, if you are not seeing any fruit, I think we need to call into question where we are in our spiritual lives. Are we really spending time abiding in Jesus? You see, we can have a lot of things in our life that brings us joy. We can have a lot of interests that bring us joy and happiness and, and excitement and that sort of thing. We, we all have hobbies, don't we? I, I do. Um, I, I love sports. We got a great day in the NFL today, don't we? Except for the fact that my Atlanta Falcons aren't in it, but that's another story. I love sports. I, I, I love the NFL. I love the Atlanta Falcons. I love any team from Atlanta. I'm an Atlanta guy. Atlanta Braves, Atlanta Falcons. I even like the Hawks. I love soccer. My son is playing soccer. I love soccer. I played soccer in high school. I love soccer. I love Liverpool. A few years ago when I was in England, some friends took me to a Liverpool soccer match. They took me to Anfield, which is the home of Liverpool. And for those of you who know nothing about uh, English premier soccer, that's the best level of soccer in the world, arguably. And this would be like going to Yankee Stadium and watching the uh, New York Yankees. It was an incredible day for me. Awesome. I have interest outside of my life, my spiritual life. But I want you to hear this. Those interests, those things that I love, they don't bring me any spiritual fulfillment. They don't cause me to become a better person in terms of my relationship with God. read a book recently, earlier this year, or at, at late last year, by a man named Tulian Chavijan. And the book, the name of the book is Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Isn't that great? Jesus plus nothing equals everything. 
That's what Jesus is talking about when he says that we need to be connected to him. We need to be connected to the vine. We are the branches. He is the vine. We need to be plugged in and connected with him. Now, I realize that there are barriers to that. There are a lot of barriers. You may have barriers. You may have reasons why um, you're not connected to Jesus. I want to talk about at least two of those this morning. The first one is knowledge. Maybe you don't know or understand Jesus. And if you've never accepted him as your personal savior, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that at the end of today's message. It'll be the best decision that you ever made in your life. And not only does it have results here in this life, but you have the ultimate result of eternal life. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he sent his Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. And so for some of you, not knowing Jesus means making that first step towards him. I'll give you the opportunity to do that at the end of today's message. But for some of you who already know Jesus, the barrier is knowledge. It's what I talked about earlier. You don't know enough about the Bible or you don't know how to study the Bible. We here at Hilton Head Island Community Church want to give you the opportunity to understand the Bible. And Cody Hensley, our own youth pastor, is going to be teaching a class that starts on January 27th at 6.30 on Monday nights. And he's calling it How to Study the Bible. He is going to walk you through over the course of the next four months, four or five months, how to study God's word. It's going to be held right here in backstage. I want to encourage you. If the gap in your own relationship with God, and you live here on Hilton Head Island, or you live locally here, um, is that you just don't know how to study God's Word, we have a great opportunity for you to learn how to study God's Word. And so today, after the message is over, after we're done here, I want to encourage you to go back to the guest service desk. Dennis and Ann Kenny are back there, and they can help you sign up for that class. In addition to that, we have 14 other life groups that meet through at different times all throughout the week here at Hilton Head Island Community Church. We have groups for, for men. We have a group for men that meets right here in backstage at 7 a.m. on Thursday mornings. It's a fantastic group. I want to encourage you men who need to get to work by 8 or 8.30, come on Thursday morning and be a part of that. We're going to be starting another men's group coming up here a little bit later this, this spring. Ladies, we have studies for you. We have one on Thursday night. Actually, I think we have two on Thursday nights. We have one right here in backstage on Wednesday in the middle of the day. We have couples life groups. We have a, a single ladies life groups. We, we have all kind of life groups. And I want to encourage you to go to our website and get plugged in because sometimes the barrier between you just not doing anything in your spiritual journey and doing something is head knowledge. But sometimes, this is the second thing, it's sharing life together. Listen, we were not meant to live this Christian life alone. We just weren't. God created us for community, didn't he? He created us for community. And so we ought to share our spiritual journey with others. My prayer is, is that maybe some of you would step up and become new life group leaders here over the course of these next few months. You can let me know if you're interested in being a leader. We have plenty of opportunity for you 
to learn what God's word says about specific things. Coming up on January 28th, on Tuesday night, Mary Aminiti is going to be leading our Financial Peace University class. I'm going to talk about that in depth next week. If you're struggling in your finances, or if you want to know what God's word has to say about finances, or if you just need a tune-up, you're doing pretty good, but you need a tune-up, I want to encourage you to be a part of that. You see, sometimes abiding in Jesus means taking that next step beyond just Sunday morning and getting involved in the community, the life-giving community that God has given us here at Hilton Head Island Community Church. Now, how do we know that we're abiding in Jesus? Jesus referenced it. He talked about the fruit, the second point today. The result of abiding in Jesus will be a fruitful life. Two summers ago, as we moved into this building, we did a message series. Some of you may remember it. It was called The Sweet Life. And we talked about the fruit of the Spirit that the Apostle Paul lists in Galatians 5, 22 through 23. I just want to take a moment to review those this morning. The result of abiding in Jesus will be a fruitful life. Let's take a look at these as Paul lists them in verse 22 and 23 of Galatians chapter 5. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And he says, against such things there is no law. I love that last part. It really confuses people a lot. But what he's saying is that the law, the Old Testament law, will not allow you to do any of those things. It's the Spirit of God moving in you that will allow you to be gentle and loving and gracious and kind. And so this morning, if you're struggling with knowing where you are in your relationship with God, if you're struggling, if you're going, man, I, Todd, I don't know if I'm moving forwards or backwards, I'm going to ask you to get introspective this morning and ask yourself the honest question, does my life represent those fruit of the Spirit? Am I producing fruit that equals what Galatians 5 says? And if that's not the case, then maybe you need to reevaluate where you are in your spiritual journey. Point number three this morning, I want to spend the next 10 minutes or so on this last point. And that is this, you are responsible to have your own game plan for your walk with God. And this last part is to parents, as well as one for your own children. You are responsible to have your own game plan for your walk with God, as well as one for your own children. I'll talk about this in two parts. The first one is the personal one. Do you know who can make you spend time with Jesus? You. Do you know who can make you get involved with a community of believers? You. You know who can make you get up on a rainy, cold morning and come to church and worship God with other believers? You. You know who can make you get up in the morning and open God's word and to gather that life-giving, unbelievable power from God's word? You know who can do that? You. 
You are responsible for your own journey with God. It's not up to anyone else other than you. Parents, I know that if you're a parent in here, if you've had a a child in here, maybe you're a grandparent and you've raised kids, you've had that discussion with your kids. You are responsible for your own self. And that's the same thing spiritually with each one of us. Paul is instructing Timothy. He's mentoring this young man, Timothy, and he talks about this in 1 Timothy 4. He says this in verses 6, 7, and 8. I'm going to read it in two different versions this morning. He says, if you put these things before the brothers, he's talking about all the Christians, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, being trained in the words of the faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed. Doctrine is what we believe about the Bible to be true, what we believe about God. Verse 7, have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths, Rather, train yourself for what? Godliness. Train yourself for godliness. That's what we're talking about today. Having a game plan for growing in your faith walk. Verse 8. For while bodily training is of some value. We talked about that last week, didn't we? (laughs) Bodily training. I don't like that. Godliness is of value in what way? Every way. As it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. I love the message version of this. This is a paraphrase. Let me read this. You've been raised on the message of faith and have followed sound teaching. Now pass on this counsel to the followers of Jesus there, and you'll be a good servant of Jesus. He's talking about service. We might come back to that uh, verse in a few weeks when we talk about service. But then he says this, stay clear of silly stories that get dressed up as religion. He's saying, be careful of false doctrine, false teaching. Anything that's not based on God's word when it comes to Jesus is false. It says, exercise daily in God. No spiritual flabbiness, please. I love that part. Isn't that great? Workouts in the gymnasium are useful, but a disciplined life in God is far more so. Making you fit for both today and today. And forever. You can count on this. Take it to heart. This is why we've thrown ourselves into this venture so totally. We're banking on the living God, Savior of all men and women, especially believers. Do you see that Paul is instructing Timothy that his spiritual journey is his responsibility? Whose responsibility is is it to keep you physically fit? Yours. It's also your responsibility to keep yourself spiritually fit. And it's my responsibility to keep myself spiritually fit. Yes, we can have community with other believers and we can be encouraged and challenged by other believers. But when it comes to our walk with God, our journey with God, it's our responsibility. You can't blame anyone else for your spiritual condition other than you. Now, if you'll allow me for a few moments, I want to talk about the second part of this. And that is his parents were were responsible for overseeing or having a game plan for the spiritual condition of our children. And this is a subject matter that I feel very passionately about. 
I recently had a conversation with a friend of mine, and he described he had heard this at a conference, different ways to be parents. And he said, you, you kind of go through these different phases of, of being a parent. And he said, you start out as a caretaker. Some of you may have heard this before. I don't know where he got it. But he said, you start out as a caretaker, and then you kind of move to the cop stage. Don't you love that? <laughs> I tell my kids I'm the sheriff, and they just kind of look at me funny. Anyway, you go from a caretaker to a cop, and then you move to a coach. And then when they're gone and they're out of the house, you become a counselor. You, you become more of a counselor and, and help them out when they need help. And, and I love those first three areas because in my life, I, I've got a uh, nine-year-old and an almost seven-year-old. And um, you know we're still in that caretaker, cop, starting to move into that coach role a little bit, but not quite yet. And I love that word caretaker because we're responsible for our kids' health. We're responsible for every necessity of life for them, aren't we? Yet what I see parents doing in this day and age so often is they care for their kids when it comes to their education. They care for their kids when it comes to their physical health. They care for their children when it comes to their social health. But when it comes to their spiritual health, we in this day and age are so often easily willing to just let that happen. And Christ follower, I want you to hear, this is for the Christ follower here this morning. If you're not, excuse me for a moment while I speak to those who are Christians. If you're not overseeing the spiritual game plan for your child or your children, I believe it is spiritual neglect. We have a responsibility to help guide our children to the Lord. Proverbs, the author of Proverbs speaks to this in Proverbs 22, verse 6. Solomon says, train up a child in the way that he should go. Even when he's old, he will not depart from it. Train up a child in the way that he should go. And even when he's old, he will not depart from it. Now, the second part is your child's responsibility when they're old to not from, to depart from it. But what does the first part of that verse say? Train up a child in the way that he or she should go. The book of Deuteronomy speaks specifically about this in the spiritual condition of our kids. Deuteronomy 11, 18 through 21. You shall therefore lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul, and you shall bind them as a sign on your hand. He's talking about learning the word of God. And they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall teach them to your children, talking of them when you're sitting in your house and when you're walking by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates that your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers to give them as long as the heavens are above the earth. What the author of Deuteronomy is saying here, please listen if you're a parent here today, is that it is our responsibility as parents to teach our children the word of God. And so we need to do it in our homes. And for some of you here today, what that means is first and foremost that you focus on your own spiritual condition. You get to the point where you are growing in your faith walk and that you are genuine in your own faith walk. And then you focus on your kids and you focus them on their faith walk. And you put together a plan for your children. I hear so many people so often say, well, 
I, I, don't want to, I don't want to steer them toward Christianity because I want them to make up their own mind. Believe me, at some point in time, whether you've taught them or not, they will make up their own mind, won't they? But we have the responsibility to train them, and even if they go astray, we've done our job. And listen, I want to talk to you, if you're a part of the Hilton Head Island Community Church family, we have tremendous opportunity to allow your children or your teenagers to engage with God. We have two of the best staff people within hundreds of miles of here in Abby Rusher, our Island Kid Director, and Cody Hensley, our student pastor. They're fantastic, and they know God's word, and they have the ability to help your children or your students learn God's word. I so often hear parents say, well, I sent them to Island Kids, and eh, they didn't really like it, so I'm not going to make them go again. Or I sent them to the student ministry that we have for high schoolers on Sunday night at 7 p.m. right behind us, or Wednesday night at 7 p.m. for middle schoolers. And, you know, it was just, they, just, they didn't really connect with some of the kids there, so I'm not going to make them go back. Listen, I, I want to encourage you parents. I want to challenge you. Encourage your students and your children to keep at it. I want you to hear this this morning. I had my periods of rebellion, but I'm standing here today largely because I had two parents, my mom and my dad, who encouraged me, encouraged me to go to youth group. They encouraged me in my faith walk. And it wasn't always easy for them, I promise you that. As soon as I got a car, I wanted to do my own thing. But I want to encourage you, if you're a parent in here, take the lead with the spiritual condition of your children. And maybe today that starts with taking the lead in your own spiritual life. I want to end today's message with a story that I'm going to read from a book that I read when I was in college. It's called The Lost Art of Disciple Making by Leroy Imes. And he recounts a story of a time where he and his family were on vacation. And I think it's got some pretty good spiritual connection for us this morning. Leroy says this, one spring, our family was driving to Fort Lauderdale, from Fort Lauderdale to Tampa, Florida. As far as the eye could see, orange trees were loaded with fruit. When we stopped for breakfast, I ordered orange juice with my eggs. I'm sorry, the waitress said, I can't bring you orange juice. Our machine is broken. At first, he says, I was dumbfounded. We were surrounded by millions of oranges. And I knew they had oranges in the kitchen because an orange slice garnished my plate. What was the problem? No juice? Hardly. We were surrounded by thousands of gallons of juice. The problem was that they had become dependent on a machine to get it. We as Christians live like that sometimes, don't we? We're dependent on our spiritual source being something else other than Jesus, or our spiritual journey being some other path or other game plan other than Jesus, the Son of God who died to bring us life. My challenge to you today is don't allow your game plan or parents the game plan for your children's spiritual journey. Don't allow it 
to be chalked up to just chance. Be specific. Have a game plan. There are five ideas in your notes this morning that I want to encourage you to take home and look at over the course of the next week. Father God, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you for the truth of your word, God. God, and I thank you for a church and an environment where we encourage spiritual growth. And God, we're not perfect. We have a long way to go. But God, I pray that you would allow each one of us to find out where we need to engage with you so that we make our spiritual journey a priority. And God, this year in 2014, I pray that you would allow us, wherever we are on that journey with you, to have a game plan for accomplishing something in our spiritual life. Holy Spirit, may you stir something in the hearts of each one of us here in this room, God. May you stir it up so that we become more passionate about seeking you and that in our lives, it would be Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Help us to understand what that means and help us to understand how we can make specific application to wherever we are. Oh God, I pray that you would help parents in here how to know how to lead their kids spiritually. God, help me to know and understand what that means in the life of my seven-year-old and my nine-year-old. And God, I pray for those who may be in here today and they have never accepted you as their savior. If you're in here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal savior, I want to encourage you, I want to invite you, I want to challenge you to make Jesus your savior today. The Bible says if we confess with our hearts or we confess with our mouths and believe in our hearts that Jesus was raised from the dead, we will be saved. That means we'll have eternal life. And so with every head bowed in here and every eye closed, I want to ask you, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I want to invite you to pray this prayer silently as I pray it aloud as we end the service here this morning. It's a prayer that goes like this. God, thank you for making me. Thank you for loving me. Today I confess of my sins and I accept you, Jesus, as my Savior, help me now to live for you. If you prayed that prayer just in the silence of this room with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. Yeah. Anyone else in here this morning? Amen. I see you. Yeah, thank you. Just raise your hand. Just put it up where I can see it for a moment. I'm not, I won't embarrass you, I promise. Anyone else this morning? Father, I thank you for these few who raised their hand this morning. God, I pray that you would help anchor them deep in their faith journey and help all of us to be encouraged to abide in you. And I pray all these things in the strong and the mighty name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen, amen. Well, I want to encourage you as we worship here over the next few moments together, I'm just going to have you stand up. And I want to encourage you. Go ahead and stand up this morning. I want to encourage you as we focus on abiding in Jesus. I want to encourage you this morning to abide in him as we worship with a few more songs here this morning. Let's worship God.